Hey there, nonplus listeners. You may not be aware, but the weather in Texas is weird. It's just hot, Clancy. Yeah, but I'm a delicate flower. Then you should love the summer showers. But then it's hot and wet. Most places charge extra for that. If you're like me and looking to beat the heat, what could be better than a creative summer concoction from Shaker and Spoon? Yes, Shaker and Spoon is a really cool subscription service that helps you be your own mixologist. Each month, you'll get ingredients and instructions to make your very own craft cocktails centered around a specific spirit. You provide the poison. Shaker and Spoon provides the pizzazz. Subscribe now through August 14th to get next month's tequila net box. Sure to cool off your hot summer nights with some deep dives into the dynamic spirit of tequila Blanco. You know, I was once possessed by a dynamic spirit. But that was whiskey and required an exorcism. To sign up and get $20 off your box, head to shakerandspoon.com slash nonplussed. That's shakerandspoon.com slash nonplussed to snag that tequila net box and get $20 off on us. I'll drink to that. And one for Mahler. Is it? It's Murloc, isn't it? Which is also the name of that race of creatures in World of Warcraft. <laughs> and there you go. That's our only Murloc we're ever doing. That, yeah, that's all you'll get from me. Welcome to Nonplussed, a gay romp through the Disney Plus vault. That over there is my husband, Clancy. And over there is my husband, Josh. And we are Nonplussed, a mischief media podcast. Hello. Hi. Welcome back. Hi, honey. Hi. How you doing? I'm okay. I'm a little full. (laughs) You can't open a door like that because the first thing I want to say is of shit. I mean... Well, it will be. <laughs> well, all this to it's say, the top of the show, and we're doing poop jokes. Friends, welcome. It's another nonplus. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Nonplus and Mischief welcome. Media Podcast. <laughs> yes, a Mischief Media Podcast. Which I mean, wh- I mean, while we're talking about it, here's a fun thing: open your podcast app of choice, search Mischief Media, and what are they going to find, Clancy? They're going to find other shows that are on the Mischief Media Podcast Network. <laughs> Yes, they're going to find shows like Pottercast. Hey, uh, Harry Potter is a weird thing to be a fan of right now. Um, And they address that on the show. That's awesome. You're looking to get fit. What can you listen to on the Mischief Media Network, Clancy? Well, they could listen to Healthy Geek Academy. Yes, they could. Yes, they could. If they're a horror movie fan, they can listen to Jump Scare. That's correct. Yeah. Cute. But that, yeah, all that and more at MischiefMedia.com. Check us out. Uh, we've got, we've got friends all over this podcast network and we're happy to be here. So yes, yes. but top of the month, it's a brand new month, which means just like with other streaming services, there's new shit on Disney plus what's coming to Disney plus this month. Just some top level stuff. Yeah. Cause they've got new movies and new TV. We're going to focus mostly on movies. Cause that's what we cover on the show. Exactly. Yes. And Beyonce 
Blackest King came out last week. Yes. Yes. We haven't watched it. We yet. haven't watched it yet, but I don't know that we need to add our voices to the conversation about Blackest King because we're two white dudes. We're going to watch it and we're going to consume it and we'll have, you know, thoughts and talk about it maybe a little bit. Yeah. But I don't think we need to do a whole episode about it. I don't know. We might change our minds on that. Like that, you know, if we can find the right guest, if we can find the right angle, I just you know, right now, especially like nobody needs our opinion on that piece. No. No, like let Beyonce let, is her own opinion. Exactly. Who needs who who among us can even have an opinion about Beyonce other than well she's Beyonce. Yeah, this I is mean. true. Um. So yeah, Black is King. Looking forward to it. Yeah. They they also are releasing Muppets now. It's a new series. Yes, and we absolutely need to watch. That's it. one we absolutely need to watch. Yeah, we're very big fans of Muppets. I don't know if you could tell this from our well, i don't know if they came Muppet because, treasure island episode but that's the only muppet film we've done we might need to do another muppet movie i think again we need soon. to do another muppet movie soon yes they're also doing a star wars galaxy edge special on disney plus that i'm oh, really shit. excited about are they going to be going to like the wookiee planet mm. no i think it's like a behind the scenes of creating the oh god i okay. think i could be wrong it might be a plot thing like you're talking about yeah like i the, don't know the star anything wars about christmas it. special which yeah. i recommend everybody go on youtube and watch it is a hoot but not a, on the disney plus platform so not so the worst but it's not which is <laughs> depressing really yes the star wars christmas special is depressing moving on <laughs> we've also got prince of persia sands of time coming uh, now that one we can have some opinions on have i seen a prince of persia is this i don't know why you're asking prince me it's a persia movie like i'm I, pretty sure this is the jake gyllenhaal one Oh, I did watch this. I didn't. It was all right. That's a lie. I started watching it once and immediately fell asleep. Got it. Yep. Cool. They've also got the Peanuts movie. Holy shit. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Yep. Um, and then the first X-Men film is coming <gasps> to Disney Plus. Bless. I haven't seen <sighs> that in so long. I mean, yeah, I mean we, we haven't done a superhero movie yet. We haven't. But speaking of coming August 14th, we've got Ant-Man and the Wasp coming to the platform. Wait, shit. Was that not on there? No. Oh, weird. Yeah. Okay. Well. Mm-hmm. I thought they were all there yet. Nope. Cool. Um, also, The Greatest Showman. Yes, which featured uh, quite a bit in our wedding, actually. Yes. Yes. And then we've got a new movie called Magic Camp coming to the platform. I'm sorry, what? But magic Camp. Imagine Space Camp, but with magic. Oh, yeah, okay. The synopsis is Andy, who at the urging of his former mentor and Magic Camp owner, Roy Preston, returns to the camp of his youth, hoping to reignite his career. Instead, he finds inspiration in his ragtag bunch of rookie magicians, not to be confused with cookie magicians, which is it's a, that's a different show. When you first said what this was, I thought it was a reality show where like it was kids going to a magic <laughs> oh camp. <laughs> that's what I was hoping. I need that show. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like dance moms, but with kids trying to learn magic. Yeah. Oh man. Disney plus producers that are definitely listening to our show. <laughs> we have a new show for you. You're welcome. Any hoot uh, coming up on August 21st. We got back to the Titanic. I don't know what that is. I just How does read that a list. Work? It might be a National Geographic special. It's not the sequel to Titanic. I don't know. I, I have to imagine James Cameron is busy plotting out avatars three, four and five and doesn't really have time for a sequel to Titanic. For sure. Beauty and the Beast, the live action, the live action Beauty and the Beast, which we did. We see that in theaters we did and i i i remember liking it it was fine i remember not hating it yes that's a better <laughs> that's different. a better descriptor yes yeah 100%. Um, and then to round out at the end of the month they've got alice through the looking glass which Ugh. was their live action alice sequel it was okay i don't i didn't like any of those well 
Um, and then the 2015 Fantastic Four. Now this I can get behind. <laughs> and you though. <laughs> Chris Evans, I can get behind. No, no, no. Chris Evans is not in this one, Clancy. Who's in this one? Uh, different people. Oh, well, fuck a bunch of that. The Chris Evans ones are the other bad ones. Oh, that's right. This is the newer one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was also bad. Wherein, if I recall correctly, Dr. Doom starts off as a blogger. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, that's a word for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I haven't seen it. So, I mean, Neither it's on the list. have I. And lastly. The premiere of. Oh, the premiere. Yes. Phineas and Ferb, the movie Candace against the universe. I never watched Phineas and Ferb. Did you? I know? have no idea what any of that means. Disney <laughs> <laughs> Channel cartoon. They had the platypus. With yes. The yes. I've seen them at the parks and yes. like the kids go stupid when, when they come around and it's, I, it's, I just don't understand it though. It probably missed your age bracket. It did. Yeah. But anyway, all, right. all that more coming to Disney Plus this month. Uh, you can just Google what's coming to Disney Plus to see yeah. more. These are just highlights. But speaking of coming to Disney Plus, it was announced to today, today, day of this recording. Yes. That they are going to push Mulan, the live action Mulan to Disney Plus on September 4th for the price $29.99. We'll link the variety article about it in the show notes. Wait, what the fuck? Yes. You have to have a subscription to Disney Plus and then also pay $30 on top of that to watch Mulan when it comes out on September 4th. This is malarkey. Accurate. Well, and the quote is that, you know, we're looking at Mulan as a one-off as opposed to saying there's a new business windowing model that we're looking at. That came out of the variety piece. Uh, Chapek said that on Tuesday in an earnings call, apparently. Sure. Which is fine, but there's been some talk that like, okay, you know, depending on how this goes, maybe they'll also do this with Black Widow and New Mutants. No, this is definitely a test bed. This is very much a lie, I, I in my opinion, <laughs> that... Of course they're looking for this as a new business model. It's not a lie. I mean, I'm going to put my PR professional hat on. That's not a lie. That's just a loose statement that they can work their way out of and say, oh, you know, we learned something from it. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's Mm -mm. that's corporate communications, my friend. Gross. And I mean, overall, it's kind of disappointing that they're that they're not holding it for a wide theatrical release the way they are doing with some of their other bigger films, like the ones from like the bigger Marvel movies, like Black Widow. We don't know anything about because it's it's the overwhelming number of non-white people working on this film in some capacity and they have to take sort of like the second tier it just it feels like an iffy portent if this is how everything's going to get treated moving forward great my point is if future features that don't have this many non-white people in it are Mm -hmm. treated any differently or held because they want to make that bigger box office money that throws this decision what does it do it throws this decision to a different light all right, Clancy, then what are, what movie are we doing this week? Well, we are doing DuckTales the movie, Treasure of the Lost Lamp. Yes, indeed. I have fond yet vague memories of this one from my childhood. I don't know if we owned it, but I definitely saw it a few times. There were things that were like, oh, yes, I remember this joke. I remember what this genie looked like. Um, <laughs> had you ever seen this one? No, I haven't. Um, and I'm not sure why, but this was an entirely new experience for me. <laughs> it was released August 3rd, 1990. That was mere days before my first grade year. Yeah, I was two at the time. Yeah, you were. Um, it's based on the original <laughs> 1987 DuckTales series uh, that came on the Disney afternoon um, by Jim Maygun, the sort of premise of which when Donald Duck decides to join the U.S. Navy, he enlists his uncle Scrooge McDuck to look after his nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. 
Although reluctant to do so due to their hyperactivity, along with his continual pursuit of his increasing wealth and maintaining <laughs> harsh business ethics, he eventually warms up to them upon seeing how smart and resourceful they are and takes them into his manor as well as on several adventures. That's kind of the gist for what DuckTales so is. So these are, these are Donald Duck's kids. Nephews. 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 So they are Donald's nephews okay. and Scrooge's great nephews. Got it. So Donald is also Scrooge, a nephew to Scrooge. Got it. That's that's what DuckTales is. And that's what this is based on. Um, yeah. Jim Magun, who created that series, also did a degree of creation or writing on Gummy Bears, Rescue Rangers, Tailspin, Darkwing Duck, Goof Troop, and many more of your Disney childhood faves. Yes. Yes. Uh, this was directed by Bob Hathcock. Yep. It was written by Alan Burnett. Yeah, this was his first film screenplay, but he worked on a lot of uh, animation for both Disney and Warner Brothers cartoons, movies, comics. Oh, that's um, super cool. Yeah, the last thing he worked on was uh, producing 2019's Reign of the Supermen, oh, which shit. I haven't seen yet, but yeah. I think is probably on either HBO Max or the DC Universe app, neither of which are the focus of this podcast. Which is, <laughs> yeah. Uh, music by David Newman of the Hollywood of the Newmans. Newmans. Yes. yes. <laughs> his cousin, Randy is his cousin, but that whole thing, I didn't know this, the whole dang family's composers, like oh my God. all different kinds of composers. <laughs> it's That's delightful. Bananas. All right. Do you want to read us the synopsis from Disney plus? Sure. So the synopsis was Scrooge McDuck, everyone's favorite rich uncle treks from his mansion home in Duckburg in search of the long lost loot of the legendary Kali Baba with his nephews, Huey, Dewey and Louie, uh, plus his niece. What is it? Webigail or Webby Webigail or Webby Vanderquack at his side. Yes. And the only extras are just like a short clip from the movie. Yeah, there wasn't. Yeah, there wasn't any no. runtime on. This was an hour and 14. This was a super quick watch. It was super easy. Watch super problematic watch. There's, yeah, there's a lot we'll going get on into here. It. All right. So yeah. in terms of the cast, Alan Young is Scrooge McDuck. He actually passed away May 19th of 2016 at the age of 96. Um, but he was a cutie in his youth. If you Google oh. him, it shows like his original like 1920s headshot or whatever. Look at oh, it. Oh, shit. He's a cutie. He played a horse once. No, he played Wilbur on Mr. Ed. Oh. Whenever Mr. Ed would go, Wilbur, he was talking to Alan Young. That's delightful. A.K.A. Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> but yeah, he was a prodigious voice actor who voiced Scrooge right up until his passing. Um, and in addition to, of course, Mr. Ed, he was he did voices on Ren and Stimpy. He was in The Curse of Monkey Island, which is a really fun LucasArts game that I oh, love. Oh, yeah. That point and click. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but he was also on The Smurfs. Oh, cool. Yeah. Then Terrence McGovern is Launchpad McQuack. He's also a prodigious voice actor and also played the ADR director in the scene over the credits of Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, yeah. So okay. when Robin Williams goes, piss off, Lou. He's talking to the voice of Launchpad McQuack. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, he's and he he's done. Um, he's still doing like video game voices and he teaches VO. He's done like the Godfather video games. He was Leonardo da Vinci in the 1999 Carmen Sandiego's Great Chase Through Time. Bless. Uh, he also did Launchpad on Darkwing Duck and did some voices for Transformers, among others. That's cool. Yeah, this cast is. Of, I mean, it's it's a Disney film from the 90s, so it's chock full of like VO legends. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, next, we have Russie Taylor, um, who plays Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and Webby. All of them, yep. She passed away July 26th of last year at the age of 75. I feel like this is a 
theme with this one. I told you before we started recording <laughs> that many of these people have passed already. All right. I mean, they were old when they were doing it. That's the thing is these people For had sure. lifetime career, like Rusty Taylor. Her career started as strawberry shortcake in the eighties. Oh shit. And okay. since then she's at like, she's voiced so many pop culture favorites. Um, like she was Minnie Mouse. Oh, cool. And also Martin Prince on the Simpsons until her <laughs> passing. Um, she did OG My Little Pony, Pound Puppies. She voiced Minnie in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, cool. She's on the Smurfs, Muppet Babies. She was Widget in Widget the World Watcher. She was on <laughs> Cowboys of Moo Mesa and also The Critic. Oh, that show. Yeah. Next, we have Richard Libertini as Dijon. Yep. He also passed away January 7th, 2016 at the age of 82. Long acting career for this guy, mostly character story or like character roles, short like arc roles on TV shows mm-hmm. with longer stints on cult TV classics like Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman and soap. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's fine. You're young. Um, <laughs> but to be fair, he's he also had longer stints on shows that I've never heard of, like the Finelli boys and Pacific Station. Christopher Lloyd. Uh, he plays Murloc. He's kind of a a, a lesser known actor. Are you going to keep doing this joke till it's funny? Yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Anyways, he played Dr. Emmett Brown in Back to the Future, Judge Doom, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, uh, which is actually like all that I heard. Like, oh, yeah. Like, this it's character is essentially Doom. that same. Did you hear Rasputin from Anastasia? Pretty. Yes. That's the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but he was also Professor Plum and Clue, Uncle Fester in the Adams Family movies of the 90s. And then uh, uh, this was his first VO role. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Speaking of legends, June Foray as Mrs. Featherby. She's delightful. She's the one who was his secretary at the beginning. Yeah. It's her only scene, her only, I, I think, that character's, yeah, that was the only time that character spoke. Yep. She passed away July 26th of 2017 at the age of 99. Yes, girl, get it. She spent but. most of her life voicing Rocky Raccoon from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, that's that's awesome. who June Foray is. Okay. Yeah. But yeah even yeah. on DuckTales, she also voiced Magic Dispel and mm-hmm. Ma Beagle, who are big villains from the original show. Yep. Um, but was otherwise voicing cartoons since 1942. Fuck. She's um in the Warner Brothers cartoons, the granny that like cares for Sylvester. Yep. That's June Foray. She also did Witch Hazel. She was on the Flintstones. She was in Ricky Tiki Tavi. Granny on Heathcliff. Uh, Aunt May in the 80s Spidey cartoon. Got it. Um, she was Grammy Gummy on Gummy Bears and uh did a bunch of voices on Garfield and Friends and was also Grandmother Fa in Mulan. Oh, that's delightful. Of course. Uh, next, we have Chuck McCann as Duckworth. That's the butler. Yes. He passed away April 8th of 2018 at the age of 83. Yeah. He also has a super long career of voices for Disney. Yep. New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Tailspin, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, which isn't Disney, but is funny. The Where's Waldo cartoon, which I loved as a kid. Toxic, Toxic Crusaders, also on Gummy Bears, and just did a lot of character acting on TV as well. Next, we have Joan Gerber as Merce Berkeley. Mrs. Beakley. Mrs. Beakley. Yes. Helen Mirren. Uh, she unfortunately died August 22nd of 2011. Joan Gerber did, not Helen Mirren. No, Helen Mirren this is, is what, very guys, much alive. The joke and the facts have to be separate, Clancy. <laughs> lest we convince people that Helen Mirren has recently passed yeah, and no, make that's their not- 2020 worse than it already is. <laughs> All right. I apologize. But she did voices for Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Jacksons, the Snorks, the Smurfs. She was all over cartoons in the 80s, too. Rad. Then finally, we had Rip Taylor as the genie. Uh, Rip Rip, October 6th, 2019, just after my birthday last year at the age of 88. Oh, geez. Yes. Legendary actor and comedian known for his wild camp, his wig, his mustache, (laughs) and his confetti. 
He got his start. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's the guy with the confetti. Yes. Um, got his start doing shows in the Catskills when a booking agent from the Ed Sullivan show caught him one night and then that like kicked off his career. Rad. He had a big career doing like Hollywood Squares, The Gong Show, yep. Match Game. He did appearances on Kids in the Hall. He was in Wayne World, Wayne's World 2. Yes. And at the very end of the original Jackass movie, he's throwing confetti and his wig around. That's right. That's where you got most it, remember got it, got him it, got from. It, got it, got yes, it. because you're such a huge Jackass fan. I mean, I've seen them all. Yeah. Additional voice by Charlie Adler, Jack Angel, Steve Buell, and Sherry Lynn, Mickey McGowan, and Patrick Pinney. All right. Well, do you want to get into the synopsis of this movie? Let's do it. Scrooge McDuck travels to the Middle East to inspect a recently discovered treasure chest. He is certain contains the treasure of the great thief, Kali Baba. Yuck, yuck. Accompanied by Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and Webby, Vanderquack, and Launchpad McQuack. It's a lot of hands in that sense. Yeah. Although initially disappointed when the chest seems to contain only old clothes and moths <laughs> for some reason, Scrooge is excited when an ancient treasure map is found in the pocket of an old robe guided by the thief Dijon. They set out to find the lost treasure unaware that Dijon Dijon actually works for the evil sorcerer Murloc, <gasps> which is just the words Merlin and Warlock smashed together. Merlin, uh, who <laughs> desires something Kali Baba owned. <laughs> The group discovers Kali Baba's treasure in a sand covered pyramid. Webby sees a lamp in the treasure, which Scrooge lets her keep since it does not retain any value. <laughs> um, no, it's just a gold antique. It's completely valueless, I guess. After packing yeah. up the treasure for transport, Scrooge and his group are trapped in a room full of monstrous scorpions by Murloc and Dijon who steal the treasure. However, Murloc discovers that the lamp has been stolen. He drags <gasps> Dijon with him to locate it. Scrooge and his friends manage to escape from the pyramid and with nothing more than Webby's lamp depart for Duckburg okay yeah so i just want to i just want to start this off and this is i am i'm not going to try to belabor this too much but this movie is a little racist it's a. I mean i i would i think it's fair to say that by some folks standards it's a lot racist yeah 100 percent. so the the portrayal of dijon and any of the other any Middle of Eastern the other, characters yeah is gross i think he's supposed to be a weasel because scrooge calls him a weasel at yeah. one point which in and of itself is problematic the other ones seem like they are either also weasels or rats yeah and then whenever they're flustered by something like Launchpad coming in with a money branded helicopter with a rocky landing mm-hmm. they all started well, that was an airplane not a helicopter but yes wasn't that the oh yes it was the airplane mm-hmm. and i guess that like that's scrooge's emblem because his name is you know it's like an s but it, it's literally just a plane with a dollar sign on the side of it and i feel like you're asking to get hijacked at that point <laughs> but so whenever these these uh you know um uh, local folks are helping screen you know, these these local desert folks are helping scrooge excavate or whatever anytime they get in a fluster it's just it's like imagine t- 10 apus going hubbub 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 pretty much and, like and the subtitle literally said like chanting in gi- foreign gibberish like it was, it was so bad so bad did this one have the cultural depictions warning it didn't and i made sure to go back and look for that because mm-hmm. i was like mm, it it should have <laughs> um yeah so it's so like off the bat this doesn't hold up no it doesn't but what's funny is as that plane was coming in for a landing and all those pillars fall they reused that scene in hercules oh yeah remember yeah when the, well this whole sh- movie sh- 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 this whole, when did aladdin come out after this yeah this is basically like yeah they they plundered this film for a lot of ideas pretty much it's also entirely possible that some of these are just 
like animation tropes and we haven't done our research. This is probably true. <laughs> well, I mean, the magic lamp and genie thing is definitely a trope that's been around. Well, for a yeah, long I mean, time. it's based on uh, folklore. It's based on Middle Eastern exactly. folklore. Yeah. Uh, Shahrazad's A Thousand and One Tales. Magic Alibaba carpets, and the Forty Thieves. Sort of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, that's all the source material. 1992. Aladdin came out in 1992. Got it. So it's probably in production at this time. Sure. But eh, were they probably like talking with each other? Probably not. That was one of the funny things about this film is actually um, it was done by the TV animators instead of their feature animators. Oh, cool. Um, which also ended up being the same team that did a lot of the direct to DVD direct to video sequels. Yeah, because this very much has that style. Yep. 100%. But yeah, Dijon is stereotypical as fuck and like all the sort of like broken english yada yada it just got it got hard to listen he's just he's just a thief and i do like the sound of a feta cheese festival though a feta cheese festival when he's listing off all the all the stuff that he's got for murloc yeah you didn't steal it too many people murloc only one dijon but, but look what i did steal several billfolds this dandy pocket watch floss and date nut bar and two tickets to the Feta Cheese Festival for you, Master. So Murloc is also a bird. Um, he uh, has with a, a mustache. With a mustache, which is apparently a disguise in this world of anthropomorphic animal people. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, this like talisman he can like transform into the animals at whenever he wants to, and that's apparently not good enough for him. I I, I don't. He know. He wants infinite wishes, apparently. Infinite and you know they created this brand new villain that was not in the cartoons because they didn't want they didn't bring any of the cartoon villains over because they didn't want to alienate people who weren't you know they didn't want to alienate new viewers sure and i would argue that th- this rando alienates viewers more because the plot doesn't really make sense it it really doesn't they basically they find this map in that in that uh in that chest yes and then these ducks get on camels yes and ride those camels which are apparently not as sentient as they are now now do camels no. have three humps <laughs> no they don't okay because that was a note i put down yeah um also when i when something <laughs> bounces on a camel's hump it doesn't honk like a bike horn oh my tootsie oh. Uh, it looks like a pint-sized pyramid black it's bigger than it looks i wonder what's inside there's only one way to find out lads start digging so yeah launchpad falls over the tip of this pyramid and we get our first wackaroonie of the movie <laughs> i tracked the wackaroonies because that's the kind of person i am perfect and then these seven people managed to dig out an entire fucking pyramid a massive like they have these shovels of like all right let's get to working on this and then it just fade cut to, to multi-tiered giant pyramid that they have excavated in an hour. Yeah. But they get inside and quickly realize that, uh, a la Indiana Jones and also the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland. Uh, the place is booby trapped. Yes. So then they pull out their junior woodchucks guide and that's the in-world analog to the boy scouts. Got it. And apparently this guide has tips for how to survive booby traps. Yeah. With what your marbles. These, what are these children doing with puns? The advice <laughs> in this book is written in the form of puns. Oh, it's and to save dream. children from booby traps. The junior <laughs> woodchucks is a dangerous, dangerous organization. Yes. So physics aside, these marbles, they're able to use them to like set off the booby traps. 
They're going through. They've got Dijon with them. Dijon actually sets off one of the traps on his own. Yes. And like a gear falls on him. He's murdered at that point. Yeah. And so I wonder if he's dead the rest of the movie. We can't. (laughs) Oh, I won't entertain it. Yep. No, I refuse. So eventually find the treasure and it's over a a gate. And like, this is one of the scenes that I, I feel like I saw this movie in theaters. Because I feel Did like you? I have a very distinct memory of seeing that image of the rope bridge to the treasure yeah. on the big screen. But yeah, they find the treasure and they're freaking out. You know, it's Scrooge is just like, fuck yeah, more money. I'm going to accumulate more wealth. I'm the Scottish Jeff Bezos of this animal world. Pretty much. And below them are these giant, they're like these like scorpion crab well, well, they've got like lobster eyes and claws and scorpion but claws with tails. like white teeth. It was weird. It was weird. <laughs> the the creature design here left a little bit to be desired. <laughs> kind of. Um, but yeah, so that's happening. They find the lamp and Scrooge gives it to Webby because she thinks it's a teapot. Ugh, just an old oil lamp. Hardly worth taking. May I have it, Uncle Scrooge? I can use it for my tea set. Well, this is pretty too. Here, my dear. Didn't say your Uncle Scrooge never gave you anything. Oh, and then uh, Dijon's there and Murloc shows up and they're going to steal the treasure. Yeah, but real quick, like while this was happening, like there's some really jokes that I don't feel like were aimed at kids about tax evasion. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> he's like what i think it was webby went up what are you gonna do with all of all of this money and so like most of it's gonna like i'm gonna send it to the to the museum and donate it for a tax break uh, donate it for a tax break yeah imperialism like, in robbing graves and foreign lands and donating <laughs> the museums for the tax break is played for a laugh yes <laughs> In this cartoon aimed at children. And so, so yeah, Murloc and Dijon steal the treasure and they're leaving. And, and Murloc sets the rope bridge on fire. And like Scrooge McDuck is like, he's almost, right, at the end. he's almost at the end. Could have just gone through it and figured out a way to save them. But in honestly, the then what? Murloc is giant. Fair and has magic. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's, you know, I mean, again, you, there's so much undefined about this villain that he's not. All, really all that scary there's the the stakes are so i mean for a cartoon i just wanted a little bit more amped up stakes a little bit but i guess in you know 77 minutes or however many it was you can't really do a whole lot i the, the last thing on this section that i have written down is just acting in in caps because christopher lloyd in this he's it too, is. i feel like he <laughs> was booked for a three-hour session it was like i'll do it in an hour and a half and just shouted all of the lines in a single take and then walks out. <laughs> I, that's, I hope that's what happened. So yeah, the next part, days later, the children discover the lamp holds a genie. Ecstatic about his freedom, the genie grants the four children three wishes each. To trick Scrooge, he poses as the boy's woodchuck scout friend, Gene. Their wishes include a baby elephant, which runs amok through Scrooge's mansion, and a giant ice cream sundae, among other things. Fearful of a bird flying by at night, Genie tells them about Murloc, who used his wishes for eternal life and the destruction of Atlantis and Pompeii, which were both popular vacation spots, apparently. <laughs> Murloc's magic talisman, which allows him to take various animal forms, also overrides the lamp's rules for some reason, granting him unlimited wishes. 
Kali Baba stole the lamp from Murloc and hid it away with his treasure, and Murloc has spent the centuries since searching for it. The children suggest that they wish for that they just wish for the talisman, but Genie says that's the only wish he is unable to grant. They must prevent Murloc from obtaining the lamp or the world will suffer. So r- real quick, I really enjoyed the like alt history of like Pompeii and that like being vacation spots and him destroying it because they couldn't get a reservation. Sure. That's, that's cute and clever, but uh, I feel like if you scratch that too deep, the plot of this movie falls apart. Oh, for sure. Because if the kids know what those things were historically, would they not also have heard legends of this hideous wizard Murloc? Uh, you know what I mean? Like we only ever hear about the treasure of Alibaba, not how it became the treasure sure. of Ali- or Kali Baba. But as the lamp is spitting out its genie, we get our wackaroonie number toonie as something wackaroonie is happening. <laughs> um, we also get a new word. Shibui. Shibui. Is it Shibui? It's Shibui. S-H-A-B-O-O-E-Y. Shibui. 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 Yeah, that's whenever he's casting his magic. That's the word that he uses. And and the note that I have about everything that uh, Rip slash Genie is saying in sort of his introductory scene is this is, of course, all rather appropriative because it just is. It is. It is. It is. It's it's I, we're, it's almost like we're watching a Rip Taylor Middle Eastern belly dancing kind of hoo hoo Vegas show. You know what a I mean? A little bit. Yeah. Like it's just it takes me down a, another couple steps on the on the in, into the depth of oh this just does not hold up anymore. <laughs> and I get uh, you know Rip Rip Taylor mm-hmm. and he was very funny. Nothing against him. But yeah. in this world, in, in the world in which Duckburg exists, so do Caesar's Palace Casino in Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, that's right. They, the they genie, call that out specifically. Yes. So Webby wishes for that baby elephant. And my first thought was, that's pretty big for a baby elephant. I mean, maybe compared to ducks. Yeah. And young ducks. But then again, we I mean, have this is a duck sized house. Well, no, because they're anthropomorphized. We, we don't have any indication that this is a scaled down world. And even then, in that case, the elephant would be much bigger. Yeah, fair. I mean, consider the size of a baby elephant, mm-hmm. which is probably about the height of this table. Sure. To a duckling. Oh, it would be huge. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, this is. This elephant, one way, way or another, is the wrong size. Yeah. And it's inexcusable. It is inexcusable. <laughs> and they should feel bad for it. And I it literally just burn it at they this point. They just can't get anything right in this damn movie about talking ducks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um. but okay so they they're going wild with these wishes they end up gaslighting mrs beakley by getting rid of the elephant and reverting the library yeah and <laughs> another joke for the 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 parents at home was uh, scrooge is like is this just a ploy to get vaca- vacation time is that a joke or is that a capitalist finger wagging at a worker for it wanting is, time and off? It is, it's gross. Yeah. Ugh. It, it really, it's just like, all right, more denigration of the servant class. Why, why was this in our cartoons in the 90s? So they're, the kids are going wild with their wishes and it's like painting it and they've got like this like backyard wonderland with a train and a team, like all this stuff. And the genie had said previously, and that's the problem with the elephant, that big wishes being bring big trouble. Now look what you've gone and done. Well, what's wrong? She's cute. 
and big. <laughs> big wishes always spell big trouble. The bigger the wish, the bigger the trouble. You know, he's right. One look at that elephant and Uncle Scrooge will want to know what's up. This is a thread that kind of falls out after this Almost scene. immediately. And so then they all go to bed um, and they all just get naked in front of each other. Well, yeah, they've used a wish to convince Scrooge to let Gene stay. And yeah. then, yes, they're all just getting... Because, I mean, if they're fully clothed when they're only wearing a t-shirt and a hat, then they're buck-ass naked when they're not wearing either of those things. And isn't Webby in the room, too? No, she has her own room. Oh, okay. And I think that... Well, actually, I don't remember if that's the case. She might have been in there while that was happening, but she has her own room because there's a tea. There's a, a right. She's got all those there. animals yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Which brings us to the next part of the synopsis. Yep. The next day, Webby uses her last wish to bring all her toys to life, which forces the children to reveal <laughs> the genie's true identity to Scrooge, wishing to impress the archaeological society at their annual ball. Scrooge wishes for the treasure of Kali Baba and brings the lamp and the genie with him to the ball. He's followed by Murloc and Dijon, who violently ambush Scrooge. In an ensuing struggle, Scrooge mistakes a gravy boat for the lamp and leaves the lamp and the genie behind, after which they both fall into the hands of Dijon, who is convinced by the genie to keep the lamp instead of giving it up to Murloc. So yeah, they're playing in Webby's room at the beginning, and she's like, tea party, and he makes a reference to the Boston tea party. Yes. (laughs) He makes a continued reference to the Boston tea party, which means that also happened in this universe. Yeah. But yeah, this Scrooge McDuck is problematic as fuck. He's his wish is all greed. And then he says a genie isn't a person, which is a real neat thing for the new master quote unquote to say to his genie. A little bit. Holy shit. Uh, Holy shit. This yeah. is, this is uh, again, denigration of the servant class and I won't stand for it. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, at least in the new DuckTales, Mrs. Beakley is like, former secret service or something totally into it. Like, yeah. You know, she's in this one. She's just screaming her head off all the time. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of like a, it's a Jesus. It is 1030 at night. What is anyone doing right now that they have to be in bed for? Fair enough. Um, they, and pause for the listeners. No, you don't have, don't touch that marker. I'm not cutting this shit out. <laughs> These people upstairs routinely on school nights have karaoke parties to like one, two in the morning. So if they can't handle my Mrs. Beakley impression at 1030, then they can stuff it. All right. That's my husband. Everyone. <laughs> the, the, the lesson Scrooge McDuck consistently learns in the original series. And in this movie is that, you know, greed isn't finite and family is what matters, but in the end you're going to get your money anyway. So learn yeah. to value both of them. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. It's, it's so weird. I, I, you, and my it, favorite part about DuckTales, honestly, as a kid was the video game and I have it on steam, but yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, but also this fancy high society, archeological society ball. Oh, shit, yeah. And they're serving bar snacks and sodas in like soda cups with ice and straws. Yeah. It's and Scrooge don't own a tux. Yeah, he's coming up in that blue, that same ding dang blue coat, and everybody else is because he's eccentric. I just there's so much uh, wrong about what's happening. It's even like a Jersey kind of way, just like it's your soda who comes up with a here's your soda, sir. Genie, party of one. This just I'm getting a whole lot of mixed messages about this archaeological society. Yeah, it's it's kind of hilarious. He he tromps up to the front and like is is trying to like let them know he's found the 
the the treasure of Kali Baba and Murloc has in his human form is just now like pushing everything his way through the stage to the stage. And Genie pulls uh, Scrooge McDuck off and they it's it, a Scooby-Doo-esque chase through the hallway. Yeah. Genie tosses the, yeah. the lamp into the bowl of the chandelier of the light light fixture and then shrinks both of them into the little lamp. And so, yeah, Murloc misses them and flies off. Dijon shows up having tried to steal the silver from the kitchen. All of the silver. Like he, he walks in and just sees all of the silverware on there and is just like, oh, yeah. The running joke is just him cramming valuables down his pants, which again, yawn and stereotypical. Pretty and- much. So uh, he leaves and they come out and then there's a bit of a scuffle when Scrooge runs into a serving cart and then he grabs a gravy boat instead of the lamp. Yeah. Um, Which looks very similar. I've I could never have seen a gravy mistake. boat that looked like a, an antique oil lamp. I'm sorry. I, I know, mean, but the this shape is high class. Have. You don't know what it's like. There ain't You've nothing high class that. about an, a society ball that serves pretzels in a paper basket. Having wished for Scrooge's fortune, Dijon takes possession of the money bin and has Scrooge arrested for trespassing. However, Scrooge is immediately bailed out by Launchpad, his nephews, Webby, Mrs. Beakley, and Duckworth, who agree to help Scrooge set things right. Scrooge, the nephews, and Webby infiltrate the money bin in an attempt to steal the lamp, but are stopped by Murloc, who recovers the lamp. With with the (laughs) genie under his control again, Murloc wishes for Dijon to be turned into a pig for his disloyalty, and then for the money bin to become a fortress, which flies into the air high above Duckburg. When an indignant Scrooge threatens him, Murloc wishes him out of my house and Genie reluctantly raises the wind to send Scrooge off the edge of the fortress, hanging on for dear life. The nephews use a slingshot to knock the lamp out of Murloc's hands, tossing it to Scrooge, who loses his grip and falls toward the earth. Murloc recovers his talisman and pursues as a griffin, grappling with Scrooge in the air, but Scrooge knocks off the talisman from Murloc's hand, causing the sorcerer to lose his power and fall to his death. You know, Genie convinces Dijon that self-interest is the best interest. Yep. Um, And Dijon doesn't just wish for wealth in general. He wishes specifically for Scrooge's wealth. All of it. Which really only makes sense if you understand that Dijon is also a character that appeared in a couple of episodes of the TV show doing similar things. Oh, I did not know that. It's the only character aside from the main cast that carried over. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. And, you know, he's sort of like, he kind of looks like the Sultan in Aladdin, honestly, the way that he's sort of exaggerated in this middle eastern yeah gar can we talk about the avengers music oh yeah as the as the as they're crossing to the scene and scrooge is heading back to the to the the bin the bin the money bin there's like um and then it kind of tails off from there but it's this is what it sounds like in the the ducktales movie And this is what the Avengers theme sounds like. Eerily similar. They're kind of similar. Yeah. Cause like the, the, at the same time we both looked at each other and it was like, it was the realization was fun. Yeah. He shows up at the, the money bin uh, realizing that he's lost everything. He's then thrown into jail. When well, then, yeah, so he's, he's in jail and everybody shows up his employees 
and family show up to bail him out. Yeah. Why is she getting so weepy over her employer? Yeah. Especially after he tried to finger wag her legitimate concerns about an elephant in the house as an excuse just to get more vacation days. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> it's bonkers. Can we talk about the poor pigeons out in the rain, though? They're pigeons, Clancy. They were so Why are you going to be though? sad about them being in the rain? Because it was just, it was, we saw them like three times. And every time they were just huddled together in that rain. Justice for pigeons. Uh, I got nothing for that. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> they also talk about his spat collection, which Josh had to explain to me what a spat was. Yeah, because I was like, what are spats? I was like, it's that shit he's wearing on his feet for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's his decorate. It, it's his foot flap decorators. And apparently he has a lot of them. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they they point out that Scrooge knows all of the security measures for the bin. All 14,347 of them. And thus begins a Mission Impossible style sequence. Huey, Dewey, and Louie and Webby are like, they they come up to like outside the bin. There's like this big keypad that's on the wall. It's just got random. It's not just numbers. It, it's, it, not, it's, it's, it's not, not just like alphanumeric. It, it's not even like a calculator layout. It is literally just random symbols and, and letters only, and numbers. But the really the only letters on there are C A S H. I wonder how many people actually have their pin numbers set C A S H. So yeah, they get in and then they've got to step on just the white tiles. Why has it got to be white? I mean to get through. And at this point, Murloc is sort of following them, writing on them as a cockroach that is bearded. Yes. Um, yeah. And then there's uh, Catherine Zeta ducks through lasers moments. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised she you didn't dips bring, beneath lasers. I'm surprised you didn't bring Ooh. that up. I'm surprised you didn't bring that up <laughs> while we were actually watching it. The paper gets lasered and he freaks out and he has to get back and Roach Murloc gets shot off his helmet. And then they decide to use their marbles again to just fling marbles at this at this security panel that somehow just short circuits and everything just, turns yeah. off. So his 14,347 methods of security are foiled by shooting a marble at a panel. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I will say the quality of his cane though, is he breaking open, open a metal door, door. just to pry open a metal door <laughs> with that cane and the cane is blunt. We see the end of it for sure. The, yeah. It's <laughs> the only, the only personal expense Aside from his stand mix. I don't know. The, again, the logic doesn't hold up on any of it. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It, it almost, it's almost Inspector Gadget-esque. Except at least I believe that that robot man has all of that shit packed <laughs> inside of him. Well, he Scrooge is going to snag the lamp with his cane out of Dijon's pocket. Yeah. And Murloc, as a cockroach, lands on the lamp to get his hands on it first. God. So him. that he can then take the lamp, slap his amulet on it, and start making wishes. Right. And the first wish that he makes is to turn Dijon, who is a Middle Eastern stereotype slash caricature, mm-hmm. a negative one yep. that one might presume is Muslim, mm-hmm. turns that character into a pig. Yep. That's fucking gross. It is. It's super, super bad. And I, like, I cringed. That's the thing I know about pork and that faith and that that as imagery has got to be a fit. Oh my God. Yes, I didn't that's even what think saying, about Clancy. that. Holy that's shit. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. All right. Well, <laughs> sorry, kids. Have we ruined DuckTales for you? Yep. Pretty <gasps> much. <gasps> um, so he takes over. He gets this power. We're rolling. We're steamrolling to the yeah, end this, of this, this story. This just, burr, 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 burr. he turns the Ford, the money bin into this like giant 
demonic fortress, demonic tree fortress, um, with an open top where his throne is, which is apparently where he's going to live. I don't know. It's, no, it, 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 you, we don't get a whole lot. No, about like Murloc's motivations, except for I want to be powerful and ruling over this world again. But even then, he flies up above the like. What does he do? Is he just going to go live in his monster space island in the sky? Yeah. What is happening here? So then, I mean, it all just sort of tumbles down together. You know, the kids get the lamp away from him. Scrooge gets blown off, off of the, the island. Yeah, and starts falling. There's the struggle. Yeah. He's a griffin. Then he, you know, Murloc falls and. Scrooge uses his second wish to get them all back home. Yeah. And then Murloc dies. Do you think he burns up on reentry? I don't think they were that high. I think he hit the ground just and just splattered splattered. So, you know, Hey, murder. I mean, it's just been, it's been another thrilling week in Duckburg. Clearly pretty much recovering the lamp. Scrooge uses his second wish to return himself, his family and his money bin back to Duckburg back in the money bin. Scrooge declares that he has had enough of all this wishing and threatens to use his final wish to bury the lamp where it would never be found again. After protestations from genie and the children, he instead wishes for genie to become a real boy without the genie. That was more Mickey mouse than Pinocchio it was. without the genie. The lamp crumbles to dust and thus removing its magic forever. While the children play with their newest friend, Scrooge discovers Dijon recovered from Murloc's wish, stuffing his trousers with money again. Scrooge chases him outside yelling, somebody stop those pants. And I'm sorry, man, that the amount of gold in those pants compared to the rest of that damn money bin, you can let that couple grand run out the door and call it a wash. You greedy old miserly fuck. Um, I, I just need to, I need to talk about the genie for a minute. It really felt weird to me when they're like, let's turn the genie into a boy instead of let's set the genie free. Yes. I have the same thought. But also, why not also a man? This guy is old as shit. Wait, yeah, but we don't know it. What, see, and this is the thing we don't know. You know, I didn't do a lot of research, but in mythology, like djinn are mischievous spirits. Yeah. That's sort of the, the general ethos. Again, I did no research on what genie and jinn and that history are. Sure. But even in, I, I don't know, I get the gist that like he's, young for a genie or I, I don't know. maybe but like his eyebrows don't tell that story <laughs> no his eyebrows say i'm voiced by a 50 year old man pretty much and that's what i was kind of figuring like that would happen not that he would turn him into a boy and it was just like what is this kid gonna do who are the, who's this guy's who's gonna take care of this person you know this this could have taken a really dark turn and he could have just like he could have become a real boy and then quickly aged all of the years that he has lived since he was oh, actually a boy. That would have been just delightful. shriveled up into a little duck skeleton in front of their eyes. Could you imagine? <laughs> that yes. would have been a great end to this movie. What? Would it have been? I, I mean, I would have been like, I might've screamed, <laughs> but like, it's better than how it ended. Oh, well, I mean, that's I mean, pretty that's much it. it. That's yeah, it. I, that's it. Look, if you need to tickle your nostalgia, it's there for you, but don't look at it too critically because you're going to get upset. It is. And, and I, and again, like, you know, and not to belabor the point, but it follows a lot of stereotypes that are just not great. That nope. Don't hold up at all. Nope. And uh, it's sad that people thought that was funny and were, and was okay for children. I mean, honestly, by the, by, by the nineties, contemporary standards, not 
too bad. No. When you consider that The Simpsons was airing at the same time. For sure. And that Apu is probably the worst case scenario of that. And Apu wasn't even fixed until like. Popular culture recently. Right. Well, there was a whole documentary about it Mm -hmm. uh, a couple years ago. I forget what the name of it is, but we'll link it in the show notes because it's important. Mm -hmm. Um, And the guy who did that documentary, I can't remember his name. It'll all be in the show notes. uh, Got so much pushback and flack for saying, hey, why can't it? Why can't it be someone who's supposed to be, you know, why can't it be right? The not character Hank of the heritage. Yes. Not no. Hank Azaria. Um, uh, so this movie yes. had a budget of 20 million and only made 18.1. Yeah. So a little, little rough there, but I mean, it's a kid's movie in the nineties. It was, but at the over the eight weeks surrounding either side of its release into the fall, mm-hmm. it was up against ghost as in Demi Moore, Patrick Swayze, Whoopi Goldberg ghost. Oh, which made it to number one at the box office three different times in its theatrical. That's run. not bad. And that's what this movie was up against. But it was also that summer yeah. up against the Jetsons movie, which, okay. it, which was seen as sort of direct competitor. I don't to it. remember that movie. Um, I vaguely do, but again, okay. you were two. Yeah. I, Jetsons was never really a part of like my, my cartoon milieu. It, it had fallen off of syndication on regular TV by the yeah. time you were watching. I mean, cartoons. I watched like boomerang and stuff like that. It's not to say that I haven't seen those episodes before, sure. but it wasn't like something that I was watching. Sure. Yeah. But other movies that year included like Home Alone, Pretty Woman, Dances with Wolves, and it. it was only one of six theatrically released animated films out in the U.S. that year. Mm. But yeah, some of those were the the Jetsons movie, which made which was made about made about the same money against Die Hard Two, Days of Thunder, and Dick Tracy. Nineteen ninety was a wild year for it movies. It was um, Happily Ever After, which was that um, filmation version of the Snow White fairy tale. Oh yeah, that wasn't bad, right? I I don't know. I never saw it, but it had Irene Cara, Malcolm McDowell, Carol Channing, Don DeLuise, and Phyllis Diller in it. <laughs> um, and then uh, that same year, also Disney's Prince and the Popper and The Rescuers Down Under. I don't. I've never seen Prince and the Popper. Is a. Uh, uh, it's the Prince of the Popper story, except it's two twins who are both Mickey Mouse. It's weird. Yeah. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got an 88% from the critics. Yeah. Karen James of the uh, New York Times says it will be hard for parents to resist their children's attraction to DuckTales and anyone could do much worse. Well, uh, that's your opinion, Karen. I think uh, what true the the racist stereotypes could have been much worse. <laughs> this is 100% true. Uh, viewers score was 69 nice uh steve d um said that this was a cash grab that should have been a tv episode which i wholeheartedly that's the agree summary with. of this episode i whole i wholeheartedly agree literally and i wonder if steve d meant to make a pun about scrooge mcduck and cash grab I oh 100 i hope so steve d i hope uh, i hope that was intentional for you yeah didn't win any awards that i could find but there's a handful of trivia here it was the first disney animated movie that was spun off from a tv series and was the first disney film animated under their television animation team which i mentioned earlier mm-hmm. um, but they also produced a goofy movie and a bunch of the direct-to-video sequels like i mentioned yeah yep it was screened in theaters uh with a donald duck short at the beginning um called dude duck yeah it was a donald duck short from like the 50s or whatever and they just right tacked it on at the beginning That's cool like um like you know we're used to pixar and Sure. I mean, the runtime was pretty short, so that's probably why they padded it a bit. Yep. Um, they had some planned sequels that were canceled. Treasure of the Lost Land was originally supposed to be the first in a series of DuckTales films. However, after the film performed below expectations, all sequels were scrapped. When asked about the possibility of a sequel, Bob Hathcox answered, I don't know about DuckTales movies, but I'd like to do another feature. I'm proud of it. It's just a straight little adventure story. Sure. I'm, I'm I, I, sure. 
and then the last bit of fun trivia here is that the original poster design for it was by Drew Struzan, who is best known for designing the Star Wars and Indiana Jones poster. That's a fun get. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah, that's all that I have on this. Uh, yeah. And that's, I mean, <laughs> and that my friends is DuckTales, the movie, the treasure, treasure of, of the, the lost lamp. lamp. I, yeah, you know, but I, but I, Bob, I, yep. I, I look, uh, nostalgia is a hell of a drug. Um, I, the, watching this movie again makes me worry about going and rewatching the original animated series because if the film had that many questionable cultural representations and that much wanton unbridled capitalism, like I feel like I'm remembering now that the lesson that Scrooge learned in every episode was that there are some things more important than money. And how many times do you have to tell that to an old Scottish man for him to get the, the gist? I mean, it just doesn't hold up. It's a product of its time. Yeah. It's time was a questionable one that we all look back on fondly. But as with any sort of nostalgia, if you scratch too hard and you look too deep, it's actually pretty trash. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. And I'm so, <laughs> I just hope once again, we're not ruining someone's uh, beloved childhood. Look, I'm taking the hit for you. How about that? You don't have to watch it again anymore. I've already gotten disappointed for you. <laughs> You're welcome. Anywho, well, if you wanted to poke Clancy on social media, you could do so at CLNCY on Twitter and Instagram. And if you wanted to do the same to Josh, mm-hmm. which I highly recommend, you could find him on Josh Watchin TV. That's Josh Watchin TV without the G. Yeah. On Instagram and Twitter. Yar. And you can find Nonplussed pretty much everywhere is Nonplussed Pod. We're there on Twitter. We're there on Instagram. We're there on Facebook. If you've got suggestions, you can email us at suggestions at nonplussedpod.com. Or you could also go to patreon.com slash making mischief and sign up for the mischief media. Patreon. Check it out. Yeah. Come chat with us in the discord there's all sorts of fun perks and benefits yes um but yeah that's patreon.com slash making mischief other than that just make sure you rate review subscribe especially if you're using apple i don't know if you can i don't think you can review on spotify yeah i don't i don't know if you can do that i, don't think I, I know can. that you can heart it which yes. is good that yeah, helps do the that. algorithm we hurt you too yes but yeah rate review subscribe five star reviews are are delightful if you throw some puns in them we'll read them online 100 I mean, on the podcast Hey, mm-hmm. you know what? Here's another challenge. Do a five-star review with a limerick. Let's see if you can do a funny limerick. Oh, yes. There once was a man who watched Disney Plus, and he put too many syllables in the first line of his limerick. He did the same for the second and then went to bed. That's an idea of a bad limerick. That's an example of a very That was super cute. Good job, honey. Don't reward me for that. <laughs> I don't I don't encouragement is nice, but don't support what I just did. I'm supporting the arts. I don't know what you're talking you're about. You're supporting the farts, truly. Yes, like that was true. not that was the wrong hey, kind of game. We started it with a fart joke. No, we, we started it with a poop joke we and we're going out with a fart. Uh, this has been nonplussed. <laughs> this has been nonplussed and let me tell you I am aghast (sighs) good night
get back to the diner. Like, I don't know. Like, where I don't, that was worse. Christopher Lloyd. Lord. Shabooey. Shabooey. But you can win her yet. Um, <laughs> Acting. Remember, you can get $20 off your first box of booze boosters from Shaker and Spoon with the code NONPLUS. Just go to shakerandspoon.com slash nonplussed before August 14th to snag that tequila in it box for crazy cool concoctions to beat the heat. Tequila concoctions? Shantae, you stay. <laughs>